Okay, so yeah, I'm Amanda and I'm married to Peter, who's the good-looking one, and you, Gareth, but, you know, <laughs> on the front. And I've got um, four grown-up children and I've got 11 little grandchildren, all six and under. So, <laughs> and loads of them live in uh, the village I live in, so they really keep me on my toes. And my passion is that they all grow up to know and love Jesus. You know, that is my heart for them. That's what I pray for them. And my other passion is helping people find freedom and just to be all that God's called them to be. And about 30 years ago, when my children were young, I remember looking out on um, the church that I was a part of at the time. And I remember saying to Jesus, if you came to bring us abundant life, why are so many of us not living that? And I definitely included myself in that. And, you know, I felt that my friends and I, like looking back, that we didn't know the Father's love. We didn't understand the love the Father had for us. We were striving to be significant. We had lots of fear, um, comparing ourselves. And to be honest, we weren't living in much joy or peace. And I heard him say to my heart, Amanda, will you help me bring freedom to people? And I remember saying, yes, Lord, I will, but I have not got a clue how to do that. And, I, you know, and you needed to start with me, definitely. Um, but it was the start of a journey that um, Jesus took me on, me giving him my yes and as I was just preparing this, I just had this sense that there might be people here that um, Jesus is asking for your yes in something and you're holding back because you can't see the next step or you can't work it out in your head. And I couldn't work stuff out in my head. And it's a bit like, I think, when um, Moses sent um, people to look into the promised land and they saw the giants, and they didn't step into all God had for them. But I just feel the Father saying, he's gone ahead of you. He's prepared the way. You know, he's done it. So if you know that's you, give him your yes. Um, so this morning, I'm just going to share some, um, some thoughts about finding freedom and healing from past wounds and hurts. And I'm going to share some of my testimony as well and how Jesus brought me through. And sometimes we can be completely unaware of any wounds in our hearts. And sometimes we are aware, but we don't really know what to do with it. People say to me sometimes, oh, it feels like this big like ball of yuck here and I don't know how to start unravelling it. And other times... We, we know we're hurt and we put it in a box and we put the lid on because it is just too painful to go there. And I've been in all of those categories um, at times in my life. And it says in John, we will have trouble in this world, doesn't it? And part of that trouble is people can hurt us. And sometimes we make choices and we hurt ourselves as well, don't we? <clears throat> but the good news is, Jesus says he comes to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And those promises are for you. Jesus' freedom is for you. 
I connect. I, you know, I can't set anyone free, not from even the smallest thing, but nothing, nothing is too hard for him. And freedom is the opposite to captivity. And captivity is being unable to enjoy the fruit of the kingdom, which it says in Romans 14, it describes it like this, for the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And freedom is internal, not external. It doesn't have to be dependent on our circumstances. And obviously, it's not about perfection. And there are things that happen in life that cause us pain, that grieve our hearts and make us sad. And we all go through difficult times, don't we? And we all mess up. But I would suggest that a persistent lack of living a righteous life or persistent lack of having peace or joy or hope could reveal that something is holding you back and taking you captive and depriving you from what Jesus has won on the cross for you already. It may indicate that you have a wound in your heart. Like many of you, I'm on a journey with this. And the more I walk with Jesus, the more I think I've only just started. And none of us will arrive, will we, on this earth. But he has so much more for each of us, so much more. He's got more revelation of the depths of his love, more peace, more joy, and more freedom to live an abundant life. About... um, Two years ago, before lockdown, my eldest little granddaughter is called Bella. And she was about four. She gave her life to Jesus, which was amazing. And um, that next Sunday, she came to church dressed in her Elsa outfit. Do you know Elsa from Frozen? Full Elsa. And I watched her, and she sort of danced around the auditorium, twirling round, and she was like oblivious, and I was like, oh, proud nanny, look at her. And then she came dancing up to me. She said, come on, nanny, come and dance with me. I'm like, oh, okay. So I sort of just walked with her to the front, and there was a stage, and we were in an overflow room, so actually the band weren't on the stage, they were on a screen. And she said to me, come on, nanny, let's dance to Jesus together on the stage. <laughs> and I was thinking, all these thoughts are going through my head, oh my goodness. And then I looked down and there was this sign, no one allowed on the stage. And I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, Bella, we're not allowed on the stage, never mind. But... Um, That's a silly example, but I felt like Jesus challenged me through that because she was so free to worship and love Jesus without worrying what anyone thought. And um, it was just to say, and obviously that doesn't mean if we don't dance on a stage, we're not free. But yeah, that was just a little example. And freedom is ultimately about intimacy and a closer connection with the Father, with Jesus and with Holy Spirit. And everything flows from that place. Freedom isn't about going out and doing more stuff and getting more busy. You know, we can have a busy diary, can't we, but an empty heart. It's about living as cherished, loved sons and daughters. And he has prepared good works in advance for us to do. But he invites us to do them from a place of rest and peace and contentment in knowing him and knowing our identity. 
you are loved and accepted and you are significant and secure. Not because of anything you do, but because you belong to him. And um, those things are true of you, even if you find them hard to believe, they're still true. In Romans 5, it says, God has poured his love into our hearts. But sometimes there are blocks that stop that love going deep and stop us seeing the Father as he really is. Just for an example, say our earthly father never connected with us emotionally. You know, for some reason he found that hard and he never told us that he loved us. We may even subconsciously project that onto our uh, heavenly father. And we can see God the Father as distant, not really interested in our day-to-day lives. And that's a lie. But until it's dealt with and the truth believed, it can be a block to receiving the Father's love at a deeper level. And that lie could be attached to a wound in your heart. People often say to me, "Um, I know that God loves me in my head, but I don't really know that in my heart. And um, we want to experience that. I mean, we need to know that in our head, obviously, but we want to experience that more in our hearts. It says in um, Proverbs, in a whole section about wisdom, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And sometimes I've heard people say, oh, it's wrong to look inward. You know, that's not a good thing for Christians to do. It's selfish. But God is saying, no, that is wisdom. Guard your heart above all else. Because everything flows from that place, doesn't it? And what does it mean to guard our heart? I like to think of it as meaning um, not not letting, um, yeah, letting the bad stuff out only letting good stuff in and keeping our hearts soft to, um, to God and to other people. <clears throat> and we can live for years under amazing Bible teaching, but not, live, but not be living in freedom because we haven't dealt with the sp- uh, spiritual and personal issues in our hearts. So who do you know needs freedom You know, there's a whole world, isn't there, out there struggling in pain, in need of righteousness, peace and joy and hope. But it has to start with us as the church. And it's hard to give away what you haven't received yourself. Free people, free people. I don't know if you've heard that saying. Like sometimes you hear, don't you, the saying, hurt people, hurt people. Or free people, free people. My um, eldest daughter was saved when she was four and she was baptised at 10. But when she was 13, she became very, uh, very ill with anorexia. And she just stopped eating out of the blue. Looking back, I can probably see signs, but it just seemed to us like it was out of the blue. And if she did eat anything, she would immediately make herself sick and bring it up. And we tried to do everything to get her to eat. We would sit there, we'd get cross, we would try and bribe her, we would get upset, and nothing worked at all. 
And in the end, she had to be admitted to um, an eating disorder unit. Um, <clears throat> she was probably there for nearly two years in the end. And she still wouldn't eat there, and she had to be fed by a tube. I don't know, but like a tube went down her nose into her stomach. And not all the time, but a lot, she would have to be fed by a tube. And she was in such a bad way. Even while she was being fed, she would yank the tube out. She would run away from the home. She tried to um, take her own life on several occasions. She used to cut herself a lot. And it was a very difficult, painful time in our lives. I just used to think, and Pete used to think, what has happened to our beautiful little girl? How could she go from this dear little girl and then this is happening to her? And then, amazingly, so it's amazing, Sam talked about New Day because um, it was the first New Day that was happening. And she said, oh, Mum, can I go to New Day? And I thought, yes, she wants to connect with God again. And really, she told me afterwards, all she wanted to do, she would find it easier not to eat when she was there. But it was a miracle because the... Um, the unit said where she was said you can t you can take her you have to go with her though because she had to have two people with her the whole time for her own safety so i took her and it was a nightmare while she was there to be honest she would eat and run off and make herself sick she would walk around the tents banging her head it was awful but then on the last night it was a healing meeting and they, you were saying about healing meeting weren't you and it was a healing meeting and um she went, and she went off, and I didn't see her. And I had my son with me. He was probably about 11 at the time. And he looked up at me, and he said, Mummy, Jesus is going to heal Catherine tonight. And I was like, well, I hope so. You know, I didn't dare believe. Anyway, he did. He healed her. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And she didn't have, after that, she never had any trouble eating at all. Everything was absolutely normal. We took her back to the, to the unit, the hospital, and we said, Jesus has healed her. They were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> and they wanted us to leave her there, and we left her there, and she was fine with that. And then they rang the next day, and they said, come and pick her up. There's nothing wrong with her. Um, so that was amazing. But the thing was, we didn't know what had caused the anorexia. And for about the next 12 years, she did actually go from one mental breakdown to another. She would like scrub herself in the shower. She would have nightmares. And in the end, it came to light through the grace of God that actually she had been abused by someone in authority when she was a little girl. And we were completely devastated and while this was going on, my youngest daughter developed epilepsy, which the doctors couldn't get under control, which was very scary, and she was often like blue-lighted to hospital. And in the end, she refused to go to school because it was so stressful for her. So needless to say, I sustained some deep wounds in my heart <laughs> through all this. And at times, I just literally felt my heart was breaking. I hadn't even got words to pray. I used to hold pictures of my two girls and just cry onto the photos of them. Um, but he sees, doesn't he? He sees all the tears we cry. He sees all the tears you've cried. 
and they are precious to him. And it says in Psalm 56 that he collects our tears in his bottles. Not one will be lost. And for many years, I just kept trying to bury the pain of it all and carry on because I also have my other two children to care for. And sometimes we have to do that, don't we, to function. We can't just stop everything. But then one day it was like Jesus said to me, you need to start dealing with this now. An analogy I like to use is say I had a big cut on my arm and it was full of poison and infection. It couldn't, couldn't heal, could it? Full of that. And we could stick plasters over it and bandages. But if someone knocked into it, it would be flipping painful and it might even ooze out lots of gunk. And it's the same with wounds in our heart. They can be full of poison and infection. Things like pain, you know, emotional pain, unforgiveness, disappointment, rejection, shame, lies we believe about ourselves and God. And those things stop the wound from healing. And when something happens to us that taps into that, into that wound in our heart, our reactions may not always be as godly as we'd like them to be. And stuff can come out of our hearts and mouths, can't it, that we don't like. It says in Luke, out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. And I'm just going to share a little way that Jesus came and healed my broken heart. And I've used this way with so many people I've ministered to and seen them come through to a better place. Now, it's not the only way, and it's just a tool. It's, you know, Jesus is the one who heals, isn't he? But it is a way. And the, tr um, the truth is, whatever's going on and however hurt we are, the Bible is still true. We all need to take responsibility for our own lives. We need to process our emotions with God. So when we are forgiving, we forgive from our heart, not just our head. We need to repent, break lies, choose to believe the truth and take authority over the enemy. And I describe finding freedom a bit like <coughs> stepping stones over a river. We may be here and we want to be over here, but we don't know how to get to the other side. But Jesus knows how to take us step by step and he knows how to do that safely and he knows how to do that at our pace. He's not in a rush with us. But he can also do it in a moment. And the journey is just as important as reaching the other side. Because he loves to do life with us. And as we work through stuff with him, it builds our relationship with him. And he loves that. He loves that close contact. So what helped me <coughs> was using a tool that we call the eject tool because we're like ejecting stuff out of our hearts so we don't want it there so it can heal. Yeah, so I think, if it, can I have the first? I've just got, um, yeah. So the first part is recognising it. Is there anything stopping you going deeper, blocking that deeper connection with the Father? That's always a good place to start, is asking him that. And it's not like we're not searching around, digging up things that aren't there. 
that's not what this is about. But it's just coming. It's a bit like a spiritual MOT and saying, Father, is there anything in my heart that needs healing? And even as I've been speaking today, some of you might be aware of stuff the Holy Spirit's putting his finger on. Then the next part <clears throat> is release. And this part is about expressing any pain and emotion we may be carry, carrying so it doesn't stay stuck in our hearts. I think that this can be the part that often as Christians we miss out. Something happens and we know, don't we, we're meant to forgive, which is over here. So we jump from here to here, but all the pain we don't deal with, so that's still stuck. So we can pray a prayer like, right, I choose to forgive, but we've not dealt with the pain of it. And our heart's in the right place, but Jesus says, doesn't he, in Matthew, forgive from the heart. Um, and we don't like pain, do we? Who likes pain? No one. We don't like pain. We don't like feeling angry either. So sometimes it's easier to pretend it's not there. Or we just don't know what to do with it. And Jesus didn't die so that you and I would never have to experience pain or suffering. But instead, Jesus' suffering makes it possible for our pain to be transformed. And instead of living with open wounds, we can live with glorious scars like he did. He does. And God's not the author of our pain, but he will use it and he will turn it around for good. And <clears throat> one way that I get people to do this and the way I did it was to imagine that the person that's hurt you is in front of you. And take time to express all that you'd want to that you might never have been able to say. So I imagined the guy in front of me that had abused our daughter. And believe me, there were no holds barred. I was like, I hate you. I hate what you've done to our family. And people might say, oh, that doesn't sound very good. But the thing was, it was here in my heart. And I didn't want it stuck there. So I needed to get it out of my mouth. And um, this isn't a time to be a good Christian. This is a time to be real and honest with God so that you can heal. It's not that you want to stay in this place. You want to move on, but you need to be real. And you only have to look at the Psalms, don't you, to see how real and authentic people were with God. Um, yes. Yes. <clears throat> And what I found is that it's really important to do this out loud, not just in our heads. So it's out of here, out your mouth, so it can go. And if it's too scary, um, which sometimes it is for people, to picture that person in front of you or you think it's too weird, that's fair enough. Express it to Jesus. And be aware that not everyone expresses emotions easily. And we might need time to engage Sometimes I say to people, if you're a bit locked up emotionally, I say, imagine what happened if that person had done that to someone you love. And that often is a way that emotions can be unlocked because to think of it to happen to someone they love, is like, yeah, I wouldn't have that. <clears throat> I also express my confusion and disappointment to God, not blaming him because he never does anything wrong. 
but telling them stuff going on in my heart. I had some questions like, Father, why did this go on so long? Why didn't you warn us about this man? You know, we knew him. And then it, like, it feels like you really did not protect her. So I got that as well. And God is big enough to take our questions and our pain and our confusion, isn't he? He's big enough to deal with all that. And in the end, when I was expressing stuff to Father God, I realised that I might never have the answers to why that happened. I don't know why that happened. I don't know. But I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice to give up my right to understand and choose to trust God. And that a lot of peace came when I did that. It's like, okay, I hand you my right to understand, and I choose to trust you, Father. Basically, I was getting all the pain and anger out in a good way that wasn't destructive and would harm others. And we don't want to rush that part, but we don't want to get stuck there. We want to move forward into forgiveness because that's what Jesus tells us to do. So the third part is then forgive. So you're making a choice to forgive the people that have hurt you. And by forgiving, you are not saying what they have done is right, but you are cutting off any debt they owe you and transferring it to Jesus so he can deal with it in a just way. So I handed the debt I I felt this man owed me to Jesus, like the years of pain and sorrow, her lost childhood. I handed it all to him. And I trust there will come a day when he will make all things right. And actually, you are forgiven for your sake, aren't you? That guy that I forgave, he would not have a clue I've forgiven him because I've not seen him. But yeah, I forget you forgiving for your sake, so you can walk in freedom. And then one way um, that's a good way is imagine putting in that person in a boat, and that boat is tied to the uh, to the seashore, and then cutting the rope and pushing that person out into the sea of God's mercy and grace. And you're sort of pray. Um, watching what, what God does. Now, if the boat starts tipping over and drowning that person, you might need a bit more forgiveness. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then go back to God. <gasps> and if you can find it hard to cut the rope, sometimes people say, I can't quite cut that rope. If you find that hard to do, then just go back to the Father. He'll show you. Um, And just to say, forgiveness isn't, um, doesn't mean we shouldn't go the right, through the right channels if it's warranted and go to the police. If stuff's happened, you know, that that needs to be involved. Forgiveness isn't saying don't do that, but it's better of doing it from a place of forgiveness and bitterness. So we're getting, so what's happening is you've got this wound and you're getting the poison out. You're, I was getting out the pain. I was getting out confusion and disappointment and getting out unforgiveness. And the last part, or nearly the last part, is ejecting any lies. Because it's often when we're wounded, lies will just come in about ourselves and about the Father. And we want to replace them with the truth. And you can tell if it's a lie, if it doesn't add up to what um, God says about you or says about himself in the word. 
So I said, Father God, what lie am I believing? And he said, you're believing the lie that I don't really love you or care for you and your family. Now, I probably wouldn't have realised that off the top of my head, but when I asked him, that's what he said. And then it's breaking agreement. So I would say, I break agreement with that lie. I repent for believing it, and I hand that lie to you. What truth do you want me to know? And he said, my banner over you and your family is love. Now, I had to choose to believe that because it didn't feel like it but I would declare that truth until it went deep in my heart. You know, and sometimes, just as this is a by little bit of the side, sometimes we need medical help and people come for ministry and I just think, actually, you need to see a doctor, you might need medication, and that's absolutely fine and sometimes that's a really good thing. And also counselling can be really helpful and help people understand what's going on inside. And my daughter, she did both those things, and it was right she did. But it was as she started to accept what happened to her, to get out the pain and forgive and believe the truth, that she started to be set free. And now she's completely well and is the amazing mum of four little, four little ones, so she's doing really well. Okay. And sometimes there are layers, and it's not always a one-off thing. You know, sometimes wounds are much bigger, aren't they, than others. And I went through this process several times, sometimes on my own, sometimes with someone helping me. Um, so don't, you know, don't, if you do it, don't think, oh, I'll never have to do that again. And then <clears throat> the last bit, receive. So... That's checking in with the Holy Spirit. I normally say, is there anything else in this wound that I need to get out so this wound can heal? And sometimes spiritual oppression, you know, the enemy will come in on the back of a wound. And he could come in with things like shame, rejection, a real overwhelming sense of you're not good enough. And, and all this lies are attached to all that but sometimes it's a real spiritual oppression. But as you've been through those, um, those things I've just put up on the board, as you've been through them, it's like the enemy's got nothing else he can hold on to. And then you have got the authority or who you're praying with to say right now you leave in Jesus' name. Um, and then it's just asking the Holy Spirit to come and heal that wound and see what he does. Um, so that's just a little, very brief, like, uh, talking through the tool. I probably, as it's my passion, could talk for hours, so it's lucky I've only got another <laughs> 10 minutes. Um, so what we're going to do now is <clears throat> going to invite the Holy Spirit just to come and minister to our hearts, and he loves to do that. Now, I'm aware that for some of you, this might have brought stuff up, and it's like, I need to go away and think about this. I'm not ready to deal with this. And that is absolutely fine. You might like to take a screenshot of that, and then you could, if you wanted, go through it in your own time. But for others, it might be, actually, I know there's some stuff I want to see what the Father wants to do. So 
I think we're going to put on some instrumental music and I'll just lead you from the front and we'll just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you for these dear people. Thank you that you love to come and minister deep into our hearts. I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come. To come and draw so close. Just be, invite Jesus to draw close to you. Come, increase your presence. Increase your presence. Increase your presence. Oh. And just ask him in your heart. <clears throat> Father, is there something you want just to put your finger on today that is stopping your love going deeper? Increase your presence, Lord what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Increase. Increase. And if you feel like you 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 know there's something, but you're just putting a bit of a barrier up to him. Just talk to him about that. Say, is it safe if that barrier comes down? And just ask him, Father, is there anyone that I need to forgive? Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. As I say, this might be something you don't want to do here. You feel too vulnerable, and that's fine. <coughs> but if <coughs> if Jesus is pointing some one out to you, just start telling him how whatever they did made you feel. Now, you do need to speak it out, not loud, but just under your breath, but speak the words out because that has power. Don't just imagine it in your head. Just say, when you did that, it made me feel. When this happened, it made me feel. Kiada. Increase your presence, Lord. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, keep coming. Yeah, yeah, get it out. Don't hold back. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing. Just go deeper, deeper into people's hearts, deeper. 
And if you think you've said anything, ask the Father, is there anything else I need to get out? Don't keep any pain locked up. Okay. And then, you know, sometimes that can take a long while, but if you feel you can, once you've got it out, just move on to choose to forgive them and release them to Jesus so you don't carry the weight of that. Imagine putting them in the boat and pushing them out into the sea of God's mercy and grace. And if you can, it's always good to try and pray for that person as well. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Increase your presence. Thank you, Lord. And then <clears throat> just ask the Father, are there any lies that I'm believing because of what has happened? About myself or about, about him? If he shows you something, break agreement with that lie and ask him for the truth. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Lord, I just come now and I break the power of any rejection and shame and worthlessness. I break the power of that in your lives now in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I could just command any rejection to leave your presence, to go in Jesus' name. shame to go that is not yours to carry Jesus has paid for that on the cross shame is not yours to carry hand it to him 
hand it to him. Even picture yourself handing it to him. See what he wants to give you in exchange. And Lord, I just pray where people have dealt with some stuff in their hearts today that you would come and you'd bring healing. You bring the uh, soothing oil of your spirit and heal. And that they would know a lightness. That they would know a difference. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And I pray for this church that this will be a church of great freedom. That brings others into freedom. Oh, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you for what you've started, Holy Spirit. And I just ask you bring to completion what you have started in people's hearts. Name.